leadership is meant to be practiced. Leadership is meant to be developed and leadership is meant for entrepreneurs at every stage of their development. Because when you look at how leadership is practiced, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, what did you do to become an entrepreneur? What did you do, even if you're just working a profession of nine to five, which I've done for 20 plus years, right? Like working a profession from nine to five, what is it that gets you up every single day? Now, some people are going to be like, oh, money, I need to be able to buy things. That's just a symptom. But the motivating factor is that you don't want to fail. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone evolution for men begins now. This is a Soul Fire production. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Art of Masculinity. Diving in today on something that's been important in my life and that I really believe is important for everybody out there because, you know, I find that a lot of people in the world today, especially because we're going into this massive entrepreneurship kind of movement, or at least what I perceive now, obviously I'm in that kind of circle of people. And so I see that a lot and I feel like more people are leaning into it because we have the availability through social media, through the internet to create online businesses. Plus we've got a global economy. So there's so many more avenues now to be an entrepreneur. So I see a lot of people diving into this. What I don't see a lot of people doing is focusing on the importance of leadership. Now, it kind of confuses me a little bit because the fact that leadership is an integral piece to being successful. And what people like to say is that, you know, they don't need leadership uh, as an entrepreneur until they have a team, right? And a lot of people believe that they don't need leadership in general because they're just not good at it. They're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not good at it. I wasn't a born leader. I'm not meant to lead. But you had some ambition to be an entrepreneur. Right. And so there is a little bit of a contradictory statement there when we think about this, because most people that want to be entrepreneurs or are starting an entrepreneurship path already have the leadership kind of components there. And I'll, and I'll go into why that is. But I want to start with the fact that like leadership is an important piece in our lives, whether you believe it or not, you lead yourself every single day. You know, I signed up for the military when I was 17 years old. I had no idea on what was going to happen uh, after high school. I had gone to high school, been really great at sports, didn't apply myself scholastically. I didn't have bad grades, but I wasn't great. I was like an average student, like a BC student. Uh, I knew how to get by and keep my parents off my back. Let's just say that. Um, and so as I went through school, I ended up winding up in the middle of like this big quad area that we had in high school where it was like, um, it was kind of cement and it was in the middle and you had like the principal's office and you had the, the cafeteria on one side and then there was like a stage on one side and then there was the hallways, right? So I went to school in California. Everything was kind of outdoor because we have pretty nice weather out there. So uh, actually we didn't where I grew up. It was hot as, but <laughs> at the end of the day, 
what uh, what what happened was the quad areas where everybody kind of like congregated during in between classes on breaks or at lunchtime, right? And so I was out there with some friends. I remember this. I was senior year, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking around, and I see a bunch of my friends coming to school with these papers. And I was, what is what is happening right now? What do you mean? Why do people have papers? And they're like, oh man, I got accepted. And I'm like, got accepted where? Like they get, they got accepted as many of you that went to college know, they got accepted to a college they applied to. Now, during the year I had heard people going to the cafeteria, taking their ACTs and SATs. I didn't do any of that. I didn't have anybody coaching me on like how to get into college and have anybody coaching me on the next steps after high school. And I wasn't looking for it either, right? Like I didn't know. I was just very present with playing soccer uh, hanging out with my friends on the weekends and living and having as much fun as possible in high school, all throughout high school. And then especially my senior year, where obviously we had cars, we were able to get off campus and do all kinds of fun stuff. And, you know, just spending a lot of time with my friends. I was a very social person. So I saw all of this and didn't make a decision, didn't ha- have the ability to really make a decision on, on where wanted to go to college or anything like that, because I had already missed that window. And so what happened was I ended up going and stumbling into an army recruiting office and speaking to an army recruiter. Now, mind you, this is 2004. So we are fresh in Iraq. Uh, We'd been in Afghanistan and we were really uh, like in some bad, bad battles all around uh, the Middle East. And so I get in there, didn't even understand that concept, let's be honest. But at the end of the day, I get in there at 17. I sign up for the military and I'm in the military in my first combat tour at 18 years old. Now, I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but being in combat at 18 doesn't really go synonymous with one another. Most people at 18 years old are partying and drinking on the weekends or part of frats or whatever and sororities and frats. So they're living like this adult life finally outside of the parameters of their parents, right? And I'm living in even pretty much a more restrictive life than anything under my parents. So I went there and decided that, okay, I'm here, I'm in war, we're we're overseas, we're in the northern part of Iraq. And it was my first tour as an 18 year old. Now, I was part of an elite special operations unit. And in that we had incredible leaders. These leaders were charged with keeping us alive. And I say keeping us alive because they were responsible for all of our training leading up to overseas. So I made it through the pipeline and I get to Ranger Battalion and I'm sitting there and I get to Ranger Battalion and it's even harder than anything I did in the pipeline that of, to, to get to special operations, right? Which is incredibly hard. Obviously, the attrition rate's super high. I think we were at somewhere north of 75% attrition rate even get in a ranger battalion. And so I was sitting there and had gone through this rigorous training and get to my unit and it's even harder. Now I had this concept that when I got to my unit, things were going to like mellow out. It was going to be cool. Like we were going to train, but like, no, it was harder than anything I'd done in my pipeline. And it remained that way. And it always remained that way. Even when I knew what was coming, even when I knew when I was a leader and I had to provoke the difficulties of training, like it was harder than the pipeline. And that was part of the pedigree of what Rangers are. Now I'm sitting there and I get to Ranger Battalion. I'm sitting there and I see all these really great leaders. And I'm like, like, this is insane. It sucks because I'm getting the crap kicked out of me. But 
these are great leaders. And they were charged with keeping us alive overseas by how they prepared us to be overseas. On top of that, they had a little bit of a selfish, you know, a selfish uh, perception of this because they also wanted to stay alive and they needed me to be at a very high level of, of proficiency to stay alive overseas. Because at the end of the day, when you're in war and you're going in urban warfare and going into homes and rapid missions and all these things, you're covering each other's backs synonymously all the time. Sometimes you're leading them into a room. Sometimes they're leading you into a room. That's just how it flows on real missions. And so I'm sitting there and think about, okay, I have all these leaders. They've prepared me really well. I get through my first year in Ranger Battalion and I realized that like, I have to be a leader now. I started to be looked at as a senior private. Then I went to Ranger School, which prepared me to be a specialist within Ranger Battalion and became a team leader at 19 years old. Now, I had the view of really good leaders. Not all the leaders had great, super great qualities in other er in certain areas, but had really good qualities in other areas, which that's a whole nother conversation for another uh, podcast episode. But I became a team leader at 19 years old. Now, how prepared do you think I was to really be a team leader at 19 years old. Now I had gone through combat missions. Uh, I would have been on, I think at that point, like two tours maybe um, or so by the time I became like officially a team leader. And I was sitting there having to find my own leadership skills. Now I stumbled through that. I knew what it looked like to have a conglomerate of different leaders and, but I didn't know what it looked like to be one solid leader, number one in myself, how I led, but number two, to bring in the pieces to be successful as a leader. Now, I say all of this because of the fact that as that leader, I had to fail. I had to be not liked. I had to be empathetic and find some emotional intelligence when I was in a unit where, you know, obviously the grittier and the tougher you were, the better you were at your job in a lot of cases. But as a leader, you had to, the best leaders I saw were able to tap into that. Even, even if it was a little bit of emotional intelligence, it went a long way. And so I started to think about, well, how can I incorporate all of these and be successful? And I failed, I stumbled, but I grew because at the end of the day, I couldn't just leave the leadership position. I was a leader. And I had to lead men. So that meant that I had to prepare them for war. I had to navigate their psychology while in war. And I had to be able to bring them back home safely by prepping them in all of this and being able to connect with them in, uh, in that emotional, intelligent level. Now, again, I was not successful 100% of the time. And I'm sure if you went back and talked to some of my guys, they may not have liked me. And that's, that's okay. As leaders, we're not always like, but I guarantee you talk with some of them like he was great. He was an awesome leader, prepared us really well, did a great job to, to connect with us and to lead us. Right. And so I say all of this because the fact that leadership is not given to some people and then, and then not given to others. It is something that is practiced. It's something that we can train. It's something we can become proficient in. But why does this matter for entrepreneurs? Because I was not given any form of leadership training before I got to the military. 
And specifically, I wasn't given leadership training other than like ranger school technically is like a leadership school, but I wasn't giving like specific leadership training. And not only that, ranger school is only like three months if you go straight through. So it's, I didn't have extensive, even because I went through ranger school, I still had three months of this. And then that was kind of it. You're now you're going back to your unit and you're looked at as a leader, right? And so there was no handing of leadership to me. There was no, oh, this guy's just born with it. That doesn't happen, guys. Leadership is meant to be practiced. Leadership is meant to be developed and leadership is meant for entrepreneurs at every stage of their development. Because when you look at how leadership is practiced, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, what did you do to become an entrepreneur? And and not only that, like, what did you do, even if you're just working a profession of nine to five, which I've done for 20 plus years, right? Like working a profession from nine to five, what is it that gets you up every single day? Now, some people are going to be like, oh, money, I need to be able to buy things. That's just a symptom. But the motivating factor is that you don't want to fail. You don't want to be somebody who is not contributing not only to your own happiness, but to society. You have an ambition in there. And that ambition already triggers a leadership mentality. You lead yourself every morning by getting up, by going and doing some kind of routine. Now, it could be an unconscious routine, which a lot of people do operate in, or it could be a very conscious routine, but you operate in this routine to prepare you for your day, to go into your work, to complete tasks, to then go home and live your life, right? Like you have the leadership capability. And when people want to come to me and say an entrepreneur doesn't need leadership, I look at them and say, listen, first off, you absolutely need leadership. Then they say, well, you know what? I'm not a good leader. Second off, you have the ability to be a good leader because you've led yourself this far, just like I led myself so far in the military. And then if you put the time into being practiced and you put the time into being proficient, you can be a very good leader for yourself. You'll be able to know how to influence, motivate, and speak to yourself so you create positive outcomes in your business. And when you do that, you're going to be able to tap into a level of emotional connection to who you are. So when you bring on team members, which if you are going to be a successful entrepreneur, you will eventually bring on team members. When you bring on team members, you're going to know how to speak with them in a and bond with them to motivate them. You're going to know how to read them better. And in all of that, you're going to be able to then have a level of leadership that is proficient. So I want you guys to really understand that, you know, at the end of the day, the world needs leaders perfecting their craft. We are at a deficit of good leaders in this world. And I'm not talking about politically, like those people are not leaders. Almost 100% of them are real leaders, right? What I'm talking about is just the everyday people. Leadership is at a deficit because people don't, one, take it as a priority, and number two, they don't try to practice it. And that is where I want people to change because as men and women, we need to understand that we are leaders of our lives every single day. The success or failures of our lives are on us, and good leaders understand that, and they own the outcomes. The second thing is, if you're in any capacity to be a manager or any capacity to be an entrepreneur, you are going to eventually lead people. And in all of that, we want you to be, I want you to be a good leader 
so that you can influence them to be good leaders, but you can also influence them to be good people and yourself to be a good person. That's what good leaders do because they keep an eye on the ball. They always have the goal in mind, but they're also motivating these people and motivating themselves to do what is right for the to largest number of people, right? The utilitarian view, okay? That's what I try to live by and what's the best thing for the most amount of people is what typically drives me. So leaders have their own ethos that benefit everybody or the maximum amount practicable. And then they also have the vision to keep the eye on the ball or the guidepost, right? They're supposed to bring all of these people together to then move them to that. And as good leaders, if you continue to work on this and you start taking this seriously now, you are going to be able to motivate and improve the efficiency and success rate of your team in the future. And specifically, if you're an entrepreneur of your business, but leadership shouldn't be a byproduct that people just stumble into. And then once someone comes underneath them, they're like, oh, I got to learn this. Like, it's not that way. You have been technically practicing some of it while you're on your own. But if you haven't actually focused on it, you don't know what is good, what is bad, what is work, what doesn't work. And you don't know really what is successful for anybody yourself. You have no metrics. You have no reference points. So when you get a team, you're lost in the sauce. That's the importance of leadership. It drives all of this from our single daily life. Like every day you get up, you are leading yourself, whether you know it or not. You have created some form of programming that says, I don't want to fail. That's my first thing. That's my guidepost. I want to make money so that I can survive. That's my second guidepost, right? Like you've created systems around guideposts and you have already led yourself. You're just not super proficient at it because of the fact that you haven't focused on it. So you haven't enhanced or exceeded the expectations of the bare minimums, right? You follow the bare minimums because all you know is the leadership capability for yourself where the bare minimums are the only guideposts, but you have no idea on how to lead yourself to excel, which is where the average person is. It's not a condemnation of you. It's just simply the viewpoint of what you don't work on does not improve. You know, and I want you guys to really understand that when you look at leadership and you understand its importance in all areas of our lives, from leading ourselves to leading our relationships, to leading our families, to leading our teams, to leading our businesses, when you see how it permeates every area of life, you will start to say how important that is. People look at personal development as very important nowadays. Well, I mean, a small, you know, community of people do. And it is very important, but I will tell you what's equally as important, leadership. It is right on par with personal development. Personal development is your ability to grow as an adult, but leadership is your ability to drive yourself to grow every single day, right? Like they go hand in hand. So if you're practicing one, you need to practice the other as well and take it more seriously. If you do, I promise you're going to reap the benefits in your life that you've been failing to see or that you've desired to see, but just haven't come up yet. So make sure that you guys are starting to look at leadership this way. It is not a skill that is handed to people. It is just like everything else that creates proficiency. It takes practice. You need to involve yourself consciously with practicing leadership. 
Hey everyone, want to take a quick second here and let you know about my new book, Design the Man Within. It is all about getting the everyday man the tools he needs to start becoming a better version of himself, but also becoming a man who loves himself and impacts the people around him positively. Go ahead to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. I am very proud of this book and it was the book I needed years ago when I started my journey. And so I hope that it can be that door opening book for every man out there to start his own personal journey with tools and tips that I've used to help grow through some of the darkest times in my life to become somebody who looks at the man in the mirror and loves who he sees. So make sure you head over to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, if you guys do enjoy The Art of Masculinity, make sure to hop over to Apple iTunes, give us a five-star review, let everybody know what you think about it. Because at the end of the day, guys, like this podcast is to really help people. It's really to, to help men grow. It's to help the women understand men who listen to this. And it's to give people an idea that, you know what, if things are going, aren't going the way you want, you're not the only person that's struggling with it. It's giving you permission to understand that it's okay to be struggling, but it's also giving you permission to get back up and to persevere, right? We've heard so many stories of that on the podcast. Um, people who have created multi, multi-million dollar businesses through struggling. We've had elite athletes who've been struggling at the pinnacle of their career. Like we've had all of these people come on. And if there's something that you gained from it, if there's some wisdom you've learned from it, then please go over to Apple iTunes, give a five-star review. Let everybody know what you like about it. So then they might be able to tune in. They can see that reviews go a long way, guys. We are in a global economy where people look at reviews before they commit to something. And honestly, that's a really good. So if you guys hop over there, just take a couple minutes of your day to do that. It would mean the world to me. But also you could be helping one person out there save their life. To be honest, that may sound dramatic, but they could save their, that could save their life because they decided to chime into the podcast because you gave it a five-star review and you recommended it, right? And you could help somebody find their highest potential in themselves. And that is powerful as well. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And I appreciate you guys, if you're willing to go over and give a five-star review and give uh, a recommendation for the show. All right, everybody, as always, the world deserves a better caliber of man, and it's our obligation to give it to him.